Welcome to Leading Lights. You are about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church. Hello there. We're just coming out of Easter where we've remembered Jesus' death and resurrection. The most important occasion in the whole calendar of Christianity. And what we're doing over this week and a few weeks is we're looking at this idea that we were buried with Jesus. We died with him. We were buried with him. We were raised with him. And then we went up to heaven with him. And now we are seated in heavenly places with him. Now, I don't know about you, but I have in the past have had this kind of slightly weird mindset when I read verses like that, which say things like, I am seated with Christ in heavenly places, or I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. There is a tendency and a temptation for me to say, yes, yes, amen, amen, but I don't really think that's relevant to me. It's too spiritual. It's too uh, cerebral. Uh, It's not practical for me. And what we're trying to do in this series is say, we are raised with Christ. How does this practically affect my life? Last week, we looked at a passage in Ephesians chapter 1, all the way through to halfway through chapter 2, where Paul is praying for these Ephesian Christians. And he says, I pray that you would have a spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge. So he's asking God to open their minds. Then he says, I pray that the eyes of your understanding or the eyes of your heart would be opened. So he's praying that they would see something other than their physical eyes can see. And then he says, I pray that you would see not only what is the hope of our calling, in other words, where we're going in heaven, but what is the power that's at work in us right now. And then he gives a picture illustration of what God is doing has done and will do in our lives. And it is the most beautiful picture. And we're going to be looking at that for a few weeks. And basically he says, imagine Jesus dying on the cross, a terrible death, taken off the cross, put into the tomb and buried for three days in a sealed dark tomb. Then rising again in power and walking around and eating and talking with people for 40 days. Then rising up to heaven, taken up in the clouds, then seated in heavenly places with God and all power and authority given to him. He has all things under his feet. Paul says that is a picture of you and me, Christian, not just what will happen to us, but what has already happened. Just after he's finished talking about what's happened to Jesus, dead, buried, raised again, raised all the way up to heaven, seated in heavenly places in authority and power with all things under his feet. It then says, and you, he made alive, past tense, who were dead in in trespasses and sins. God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. He's making a direct comparison. He is using a picture to show us what has happened. It's all in the past tense. He says, you were dead, 
you were raised. You were raised not just to a resurrection life, but raised all the way up to heaven. And just as Jesus is now seated in heaven at the right hand of the Father, with all power and authority given to him and all things under his feet, you are seated with him in those heavenly places right now. Now, what does that mean for us Christians? You know, I used this picture last week where I said we look in a physical mirror all the time and we look at what our physical appearance looks like and we take that to be the measure of truth. We say the mirror says I'm not so good looking. The mirror says I am aging and decaying. The mirror says maybe I've got lines and creases from all the hardships I've been through. The mirror says, the mirror says, and it's not just a physical glass mirror. We also look at the mirror of the world, how people react to us, how people treat us, what people say about us. We say that must be true. We look at the mirror of our track record in the world. I like to use the picture of a credit history. When you go to your credit history, it tells you all the mistakes you may have made financially and the, the, the credit rating you get shows you all your past mistakes. And we look at that and we say, that must be true of me. And those are physical mirrors using our physical eyes and logic. But Paul is praying for our heart eyes to be open, for us to have a spirit of wisdom, revelation and knowledge to understand there's more than what my physical eyes can see. And we need to see this. Christian, you know, for many, many years, I tried to be good enough to please God. And many, many Christians and people around the world are trying to be good enough to please God. And we're saying, let me use my physical strength, my physical willpower, my cleverness, my physical eyes to see how well I'm doing. And what Paul says here is it's a whole different mindset. You need to, yes, look with your physical eyes, but there's more important truth that your heart eyes, your spiritual eyes need to see. You need to have your mind open to what is already true in your spirit. And this is the key. You have a physical body. Yes, you do. But you also have a spiritual truth, which is yourself, the real you, which is going to live on forever with God. Your physical body will eventually pass away and, and become nothing. But your spirit remains forever and your spirit is the real you. And God says, when you're in Christ, you are different to what your physical eyes see. So we're going to look at this and the steps that we need to see that happened to Jesus, which also have happened to us, are very, very important. Jesus died. We said last week that we need to see ourselves as dying with him. Jesus was buried. We need to see ourselves as buried with him. Then Jesus was raised again. Then he went up to heaven. Glory was poured on him when he was crowned king of the universe and all authority was given to him. And we need to see ourselves going through all of those steps, including the pouring out of God's power of his Holy Spirit upon us and going out and extending Jesus's authority all around the world. What an exciting adventure we get to live. It's not just dying with Christ. It's not just rising again. It's all the steps all the way through to extending his authority and receiving his glory and power. And you can experience this. 
I'd go so far as to say it's already been done for you. You just need to open your eyes and see it. So we spoke about dying and being buried last week. I just want to spend a very short amount of time just reminding you what we said. Romans chapter 6 says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus, were baptized into his death, therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. And then he goes on to say, if we have joined with him in death and burial, we will also enjoy this resurrection power with him. But it enables us to overcome sin when we realize we've died with him and we've been buried with him. Let me start before I go on to the resurrection glory, just reminding you that we need to identify with Jesus in his death and burial. You say to me, Greg, what does that mean? Death means I'm willing to lay down my old life. I'm willing to say my glory, my achievements, my identity, my sense of trying to be good enough in my own ability, everything that is me, I'm willing to lay down. Jesus said in Luke chapter 9 that if we follow him, we've got to be willing to lose our lives. But if we want to keep our lives, we can't follow him and have new life. I used the illustration before of being drowning and, and holding on to a sinking ship and somebody throws us a, a lifeline. We have to take that lifeline, but we have to be willing to let go of the sinking ship in order to be saved. You have to be willing to let go, to die to yourself, to your own control of your life and say, Lord, I die to myself, my own desires, my own glory, my own importance, I die all the sins, all the selfishness, everything that was me, it's gone because now I have a new life in Christ. And we, we've saw, seen in verses last week that in 2 Timothy 2, it says, as we die, if we died with him, we will live with him. Jesus said, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it cannot live. We've got to say, Lord, I'm willing to die. And I just need to challenge you. Have you come to that place where you say, Lord, I want the glory of your resurrection, but I'm willing to lay down myself and my, own, my old life. Lord, I'm willing to make you the Lord of my life. It goes on in Romans 6 to say, If we died with Christ, we believe we will also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. And he also says, we uh, know that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. I've got to say, Lord, when I get baptized, I am identifying with your burial and that old me is gone. And when I come up out of the waters of baptism, I am a new person, a new creation. And now the old me is gone. The old man has been crucified and there is a new man. Now, there are several 
places in the New Testament where it talks about the old man and the new man. The old man was selfish and sinful and a slave to sin. But the new man, Ephesians 4 verses 22 to 24, uh, says we put off the old man, we renew ourselves in our minds, and then we put on the new man which is created just like God, just like its creator, its righteousness and holy. Uh, that's the new man we put him on. Colossians 3 verse 10 says the same thing. We're renewed in knowledge and we put on the new man which is righteous and just like God. And so we, we died to the old. And before I go on to talk about resurrection, I just need to ask you, my dear friend, have you been through this process? You know, some of us want the benefits of new life. Yes, Lord, I want the safety line to save me from drowning, but I don't want to give up my old life and I don't want to give up control and, and, and being the boss of my life. Uh, he says, you've got to be, be willing to give it up. And the, and the burial in baptism is so important. You know, baptism is not just a ritual. It's not everything, but it's not nothing. It is an important part of our salvation. And it is a sign. As I go under the waters, I'm saying that old me is dead. I know many people who got baptized when they didn't understand what baptism was. They didn't understand they were dying to their old lives. And they've had to be baptized again because now they understand. We've got to understand what it's all about. When the Ethiopian eunuch said to Philip the evangelist, can I be baptized? Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you can. I've got to know what I'm doing when I get baptized. Otherwise, it's just like getting dunked in water. And if I do understand, it becomes a powerful thing where I can always look back and say, I remember the day I identified with Christ. I was buried with him in baptism. And now I'm rising again to new life. Friend, how are you doing with the dying and the realizing that you, the old you is gone? Have you done that process? Some people will say, well, don't I have to die every day? You know, Jesus didn't say crucify yourself or crucify your flesh. He didn't say you have to die every day. He says you have to pick up your cross every day and you have to be willing to die. And I believe what that means is you decide once for all, when you get baptized, I am willing to die. Then you every day pick up the knowledge that you've died. It doesn't mean crucifying. It means picking up the knowledge that I died with Christ and reminding yourself. And then we go on to live. When sin comes to us and says, why don't you sin? Why don't you be the old you? We say, hold on, you're an imposter. That part of me died. So it's not a crucifying myself where I have to punish myself every day. It's reminding myself. Listen to what it goes on to say. It says, likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. He says the answer is to reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. What does reckon mean? Reckon means when I have evidence that maybe I am still the old me and I still have these temptations and, and I look in the physical mirror and I see the old me, reckon myself dead to sin means I take the evidence of God's word and I trust God's word above all other evidence and I say I am reckoning, I am choosing to say I am a new creation in God. That is what we need to do. And then 
The next verse says, therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body. Reckon means I choose to say this is me. This is the new me. Let me just give you an illustration of this reckoning. When you move to a new country, you get a new passport if you become a citizen. I remember when I moved to the UK and I became a citizen of Jersey and the UK. I had to pledge allegiance. I got a new passport. Uh, it was a new citizenship. But I still felt like I used to feel when I lived in my old country. And I still had the accent that I used to have. And I still had the memories and the habits and the customs and the culture of my old country. But I looked at that passport and I said, I am now a citizen of a new country. There are new rules. There is new economy. There is a new system here. I have new fellow citizens and neighbors. I am a new person because of what this says, even though inside I still feel the same as I did. And what I did was every day I reckoned myself to be this new citizen and I changed myself to become what I now was. Reckoning is where you say, I'm choosing with my mind and my will to say there is something true other than what my feelings or my old habits say. You change your mind. You allow the truth of God's word to say this is true rather than what my feelings say. Another example would be if you've had uh, maybe a, a bad credit report or maybe there's been some fraud or identity theft and, and you've got a bad credit score and then somehow suddenly they fix it and they realize it was an error and suddenly you've got a good credit score again. You are still the same person, but now you reckon yourself to be different and you start to act different. You go to shops and you say, look, I, I can buy this or I can get this credit card or I can do these transactions and I have a good credit score simply because of what a statement says. If there's a bank error on your bank statement and they say you're overdrawn, you change the way you think and you think, oh, I better be more careful. And then suddenly they write you another letter. They say, no, we were wrong. You're actually not overdrawn. You reckon yourself to be something based on information you've been given. If you go to the doctor and you have heart pains and, and you're thinking you're dying and he does tests and all sorts of electronic measurements and he says, no, you're fine. You just ate the wrong type of cheese and you had indigestion. You reckon yourself to be healthy, even though you still feel the same symptoms and pain. We do this all the time, friends. We reckon ourselves to be something. We allow our mind and our, and our will to override various other feelings and symptoms. And what he says here is reckon yourself to be dead to sin. Every single day, say, I am who God says I am. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am a new creation. All things are made new. I'm putting on the new man, created just like God in righteousness and holiness. That is who I am. That is the amazing thing of dying and being buried. Just before I close and, and go on to the next stage, I just want to say, make sure you've done this once for all. You might say, I don't know if I've died. Just make a decision and get baptized. It's so simple. And then every time the devil accuses you or your emotions accuse you or somebody else accuses you, you can say, I died with Christ. And every day you pick up your cross and follow him. That means you remind yourself, I died with Christ. It happened in the past. 
I was with him when he died on the cross. That old man was buried with him when he was buried. And when he rose again, I rose with him as a brand new creation. And as you allow that to work itself through your thinking and your mind, verse 12 becomes true. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body that you should obey its lusts. When sin comes, you say, you're an imposter. I'm a new creation. I have a new identity, a new citizenship. I am a new person. Now, the resurrection. I just want to talk about this, this new life that we have. And next week, when I've got a bit more time, I'm going to show you what Jesus' resurrection body was like on the first day that Jesus rose again, on that first Sunday, in the afternoon period. In the morning, he was meeting Mary Magdalene and a few of the other ladies and probably Simon Peter. But then most of the rest of that day, the whole afternoon into the evening, he was walking on a country road to a little city called Emmaus, and he was talking to two unknown believers, Clopas and another man who we don't even know really who they were, and he spent most of that day just chatting to them. But they didn't recognize him because he had a resurrection body, and yet their hearts were burning within them as he was speaking about the scriptures. And then when they broke bread together, when he had communion with them, suddenly their eyes were open and they saw him and they realized it was Jesus and their lives were transformed. We're going to look at what does it mean to have a resurrection life and a resurrection body and how do I make the most of it. But I just want to read some scriptures from 1 Corinthians 15 talking about what our new resurrection life is like. Because you, if you've died with him and you've seen him crucified for you on the cross and you've been buried in baptism with him, you are now raised with him. And 1 Corinthians 15 says this, verse 35, But someone will say, How are the dead raised up and with what body do they come? Foolish one, what you sow is not made alive unless it dies. So that's the first point. You can't have resurrection life without death. You have to die to get the, the blessing of resurrection. Verse 37, And what you sow, you do not sow that body that shall be, but mere grain, perhaps wheat or some other grain, but God gives it a body as he pleases, and to each seed its own body. He's about to describe how when you take a seed and you put it in the ground, what grows looks completely different to the seed. The seed is small and dry and lifeless, but the flower or the plant or the tree is so luxurious. And he's about to describe how that body is so different from the thing that was sown. When you sow your natural life and you die to yourself, God gives you a new resurrection life that is so much more powerful and beautiful and amazing than the original, then you would never even really recognize it. And it's hard for us to get our heads around it. He says uh, there's different types of animals and, and birds. Uh, they have different types of bodies. There are even celestial bodies, sun, moon, stars. They're all different in glory. Uh, he says, so also is the resurrection of the dead. The body is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. Your body that you died to yourself with, you say, I'm being baptized when I die with Christ. It's sown in corruption. That means it is decaying and getting older and weaker. But your new resurrection life, the, the part of you that is born again inside, is incorruptible. It is eternal. It cannot decay. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. 
you you die to the shame and the dishonor of your past and your and your history and track record but you're raised as glorious and righteous and heavenly and beautiful it is sown in weakness it is raised in power we know we fail all the time but this new you that rises up is full of power it is sown a natural body it is raised a spiritual body and this is the difference natural means what i can see and touch and feel or logically understand but spiritual means invisible but still real and then he talks about adam and jesus uh, the first man adam became a living being the last adam became a life-giving spirit the spiritual is not first but the natural and afterward the spiritual the first man was of the earth that's adam made of dust the second man is the lord from heaven that's Jesus. But now listen to verse 48. As was the man of dust, so also are those who are made of dust. That's you and me, friends. We have an element of us that is fleshly. But then he says, And as is the heavenly man, Jesus, so also are those who are heavenly. That's us. You have a part of you. Ecclesiastes says God has put eternity in the hearts of men. 1 John 4 verse 17 says, As Jesus is, so are we in this world. You have a part of you that is like God, the new man. As is the heavenly man, so are those who are heavenly. You have this resurrection part of you. And then he goes on to explain why the disciples walking on the road to Emmaus couldn't see and perceive Jesus he says, verse 50, Now I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit incorruption. When I'm looking with my physical, logical eyes, I can't perceive this new reality, this resurrection life, this resurrection body. But when God opens my eyes, when he gives me a spirit of wisdom, revelation, knowledge, when the eyes of my heart are open, I can see it. When I read God's word, I see it. It's a mirror that I see what God has done in my life. Friends, you have been raised. If you've died and been buried with him, you've been raised with Christ. You have a new body and it's not in corruption. It's not in weakness. Uh, it's not full of shame. It's full of glory and righteousness and power. But we need to see it with spiritual eyes. Lord Jesus, please help me to identify with you, to renew my mind, to reckon myself dead and raised, and to enjoy this new life of victory. Jesus, please help me to read your word and to look in your mirror more than I look in the physical mirror. And please help me, Lord, to let this reality change me day by day. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com and subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts. Please consider supporting this ministry by making a donation on the giving page at leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.